This is, uh, without a doubt, one of the most well-known sections of Scripture. This one about love. Um, you, you don't even have to be a follower of Jesus. You don't even have to grow up in the church to know this little piece of text that talks about love. And it's entirely possible that you've heard this text in a wedding. It's very possible it was in your own wedding, right? But this, there's this note here about the nature of love, and it's so powerful, and it's so true, but it has absolutely nothing to do with marriage whatsoever. And, and so what we want to do is unpack a little bit of what's actually going on here. Now listen, I'm clearly not saying that love has nothing to do with marriage. It's kind of an important thing when you're going to be with someone for the rest of your life to have love. But what is Paul actually saying here? What does this actually have to do with? What this has to do is everything finding the chief end for why God wants to give and grant gifts to his people. That love's going, we're gonna find that love's going to be at the centerpiece of this text. That when God wants to do new and fresh things in you and through you, that it's gonna be critical to have this idea, this understanding of love anchored down in our hearts. Because listen, we all know there are two big time pitfalls when it comes to receiving a gift, all right? So what we just read here is that God's pouring out gifts. He's empowering the church to move, to help bring people into an understanding of what it means to walk with Jesus, to know Jesus, to be made free in Jesus. And he's given all these incredible gifts to help facilitate that move forward. So he gives us this gift, but we see that anytime you get a gift, there's a couple of pitfalls. I'm gonna tell you what they are. Number one, is your gift is so amazing, you flaunt it. Tell everyone about it, right? Look at what I got. Isn't this so awesome? Isn't this so amazing? You gotta have one of these, right? You gotta, you gotta get this, right? I mean, if you have this, this will totally change your life. If you ever get a gift like that, you're like, I mean, I have, I have a coffee maker. It was a gift. It was a Father's Day gift. And I just gotta be honest with you. It's just better than your coffee maker. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's so good. We take it on vacation with us. Okay? All right. So judge, go ahead and get your judgment out now. Would you? Sorry. I may not be able to recover from that, and I'm sorry. Just read the Bible. It'll help you. Um, one of the pitfalls when we get a gift is we want to flaunt it and we want to let everybody see how awesome my gift is and how great, I, how great this thing is, right? Or the other thing that, that happens when we get a gift is we get real selfish with it. And you know this, especially you guys that have had kids, because uh, what happens at a kid's party, this is inevitable, is you sit the kid down and then all their friends sit around them who gave them gifts and then they're sitting in the center and then they're opening up their gifts and what happens is is all the other kids start inching forward because they want to get their hands on the gifts that are being open. And then finally, a kid will like touch like one of the gifts for the, the kid. And then the kid will just be like, ah, don't touch my gifts. 
they're mine, right? This is what, I'm sorry for the crazy face. It's a little awkward, right? But I've seen it all too often. We have four kids. I've seen that face before, right? You just, go, they go a little bit crazy and it's easy to become selfish with the gifts that we have, not wanting everyone else to have. And we actually literally just have a moratorium. Like nobody can play with the person's gifts for like a full week. Let them have their gifts because at some point in time, you guys can play with all those. Because that's the tendency is to be very selfish with our gifts. What happens actually when you really, if you think about what it means to actually give a child a gift, what are you actually hoping for? When you give a gift, right? What do you want them to know? We give you this gift because we want you to know you are so loved. You have so much value and worth. We want you to know that whatever it is in your heart to have, the fire truck or the, whatever the cool thing is next, we wanna give that to you because we want you to know we care about you and the things that are in your heart, right? That's the point of giving those gifts. Even sometimes, now, even as you grow up, sometimes the gifts you get are kind of cool, but what you really care about is the words on the card more. And you get that gift where someone says something about you, when they declare something over you, or they share something with you. Isn't that the most meaningful part? When you find out how much someone loves you because they share the gift that they gave is their heart and their words, right? That's the point of giving these gifts. What's the aim? It's to enlarge and enrich their capacity to be able to love as well, right? That's the point of sowing into someone or being able to give a gift to someone is to be able to see them receive love and see their own worth and value and then be able to give that away to somebody else someday, right? Because you're not looking at your kids, wanting them to be selfish, right? No one's going like, yeah, be selfish. Punch your sister again, go for it. That's not, no one's doing that. We're saying, hey, we're giving you this gift because we want you to know your worth and value. But I, we, we tell you you're worth about because you're meant to give that away too. This is the point of the gifts. I remember even uh, when I was a kid, lo, you know, love getting gifts. And, um, you know, your parents would do the thing. Now, don't you know, it's better to give than to receive. And I just, my 11-year-old self is just like, I don't, I don't know how that works. That doesn't feel real. I'm just gonna be honest with you, mom. You know, but you figure out, right? But you figure out what happens when your capacity to love is expanded. You figure out it actually is. You get married and your heart opens up a whole nother level. And then you have kids and your heart opens up a whole nother level. And I'm now at Christmas going, I really don't want anything. I just wanna see people's faces lit up. That's all I really care. I want to give gifts because I just care that your face is lighting up and that you're having your own capacity to love broadened. I want it wide open. That's the point of gifts. That's what Paul is actually trying to point to right here because he's saying, listen, there are talents and abilities and things that I want to do in you and through you you're going to make a radical difference in the lives of people because of these gifts I'm gonna give you by my Holy Spirit. But hear this, if it isn't attached to true and genuine love for people, it's empty. That's why I want you gifted. I want you gifted so that you can tell people they are loved. 
So he's out to expand the capacity and he wants to unpack that for us. He wants to say these gifts that the Father wants to give to you, get ready. It's the vehicle by which the Lord will tell everyone he's for them. He loves them. So that's what, so let's open up our hands to receive the gifts. Look at what he says uh, in verse one. For, no, no let, me, let me say, let me, let me jump back. I, I love what he says here. I'm just gonna jump to the end and then we'll go back. Verse 13, here's what he says. Now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, of these three incredible character traits, why does love supersede all of them? Why? Because in the same way that gifts like tongues and prophecy are going to go away, so are faith and hope. Those are going away at some point in time. You say, how could you say that? Because at some moment, you're gonna look Jesus in the face and all your hope and faith will be realized in the God-man. They'll be right there in front of you. And there won't be any more faith and hope. It'll just be the, it'll be Jesus lit up. He's literally, if you read Revelation, he's lighting up the city. He's the light around the earth. And we're coming to him and we'll see him. And the only thing that will sit there is how radically you feel loved and how much you will love him forever. That's it. And it'll just wave after wave of understanding. That's what God is doing. That's the point that Paul's trying to make here. Everything that God wants to pour into you is to help us love this community around us, to love this city and to see this city lit on fire for the son of God. That's the point of the gifts. And so here's what he says. Here's what he's gonna say. The aim of everything that God gives to us is to enlarge our capacity to love people like he loves. That's the aim. That's the point. This is where, now you can jump back to verse one because he says this. <clears throat> to some of you, I'm gonna give you tongues. Now you can speak in tongues of men. These are languages. And by the way, we'll unpack next week um, tongues and prophecy because chapter 14, because those are the weird ones. Let's be honest. And the church was struggling with it 2,000 years ago. Church wrestles with it today. And Paul just wants to bring real good clarity. He says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you these gifts, but you don't understand them rightly. He says, listen, if I give you this gift, you can speak in tongues or languages of men or languages of angels. But if it doesn't enlarge your capacity to love people, then it's empty. I mean, you can say you've got this gift. You can say that you can do all this awesome stuff. Look, look at what I can do by the Spirit's empowerment. Look at what I can produce. A lot of people look at your amazing gifts and your abilities. All these things are on display, but if you don't love people well, you've missed the point of having the gift. The aim of your giftedness the aim of your giftedness is to genuinely love people. I want to just say whatever gifts you possess right now, whatever abilities you have, whatever ways you've been fashioned, the point of all that is to love people genuinely. If you don't, what Jesus says is this, you're just a noisy, clanging gong, period. I want people loved. 
That's the point of the gifts. Verse two, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Meaning you could produce great things. If you can literally have the kind of faith that can move or shift mountains, but you don't have love, it's nothing. The aim, listen, at your job or wherever you go or with your kids, the aim of your production or the things that you produce is to genuinely love people. It's the point. Um, I read, um, I like to read uh, biographies. And so I just like to look at different people and the way they saw history and the different ways in which they led. I read, uh, got to read Steve Jobs' biography. Super fascinating. The guy's a fascinating guy. Um, and so I'm reading it and you know, it's entirely possible you guys have an iPhone like you're reading the Bible from your iPhone. And this is the guy that came up with all these concepts and championed these things. And he really was a genius born into a unique time period. And, but I'm reading this and what you'll, I think what you'll find, I'll try to be faithful represent, representative of it, but that he was an absolute beast towards people, demanding production and would not settle. And if someone said, you know, we're really having a hard time, he says, I don't care. And he slammed through people and he would just grind through people with this insatiable need to get things done and to produce and to create uh, this massive company that would make massive amounts of money and do great things and be able to release all of these things. And I think you could safely say he kind of accomplished that. But as you're reading the story of his life and the broken relationships that he walks in, and you see that even with his own daughter, a broken relationship up until the point in which he died, never really fully reconciling. And you just feel in your heart the broken. I felt hurt and sadness as I read it because he's got all these amazing achievements. But the one thing that I think would actually matter when you and I are laying on our deathbed, if you will, the one thing that I think would actually count is just what impact did we have by the way that we loved the world around us, the people that are sitting there. I can't think of, I, I can't think of anything I could possibly produce. I can guarantee you I won't be sitting at the end of my days trying to think about all the cool things that I did. Well, I'll just care about is just my wife and my children. And the people that I got to interact with and the church family members that I got to be a part of and the, and the ways that I got to have an impact in your life and the ways that you got to have one in mind because we just loved each other, because we cared about each other. I just can't think of anything more important. And that's what the Lord's trying to knock on here. I'm even looking around this room, I'm thinking through just the, the scores of talent the different faces, the, the ones you know, I try to look at you guys. I'm looking into a camera, but I trust that you've got some talent out there and you've got some abilities and you're there with us. As I look into the camera lens and your faces, but I, I, can, I can see talent on top of talent and abilities on top of abilities. And it's so powerful and I feel so deeply grateful that it's, that it's in our church family. But it just, 
it's so empty if we aren't using it to just love this city, love, our, love this people around us. It's why you own your business. It's why you have employees. It's why you have the boss that you have as crazy as he might be or she might be. That's the point. To love people well is what he's trying to say. Verse three says, if I give away, now listen, this is strong language. I think he's trying to pull towards the top. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, meaning I give so sacrificially, I lay it all down. But if I don't have love, then what do I gain? Nothing. This is where we really start to touch on this concept because you can give everything away. You can give your whole house away. You can do great things for those that are in need. You can give away gobs of money. You can start and minister to and help lots of great charities, all kinds of resource. But hear this, if it isn't coming from a heart of authentic and true love, it's empty. It won't mean anything. The point of every dollar we've ever received from our jobs or from that first time you had a you know, job at the restaurant, know what your first job was? My first job was working at Foot Locker. There's a lot of odor involved in it. <laughs> the, po- the point of all of it. I thought the point at the time, I thought the point of it was to get more dollars so I could buy the shoes that I was peddling because I just wanted Air Jordans so bad. <laughs> at the point of it was just whatever you get, just be thinking about how you can love people well. Love your family. Love your neighbor. Love the person that's a total jerk. Just love them well. The aim of our sacrificial giving is to just to genuinely love people. I'll be honest with you, even, you know, churches talk about tithes and offerings a lot, but I just want to be honest with you. If you aren't giving from a heart of love and affection for the king of the universe, it's just empty. It might help us keep the lights on, but I promise you, I want you to be able to give sacrificially from a heart that just says, Jesus, you're my everything. That's why I'm doing this. Don't ever get wrangled into giving things away. Do what you do because the Father has moved your heart and you get to respond and live with him. There's nothing more powerful than that. God will use it. The entirety of the point of the gifts of the Spirit of God to the church is to know deep down, hear this, to know deep down, first and foremost, you are so loved by God the point of God pouring out all your abilities, all your capacities is so that you first and foremost know that you're so radically loved and then to be able to take what he's given and grant it and to love other people. That's the point of all of it. And he anchors this thought by putting it this way in verse four. He just said, I'll just read back over it. Love is patient and kind and it doesn't envy and it doesn't boast. It's not arrogant or rude. Love doesn't insist on its own way. Gosh, man, 
That flies in the face of the world we live in right now. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but it just rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. You know what he just did here? He just described God. That's a, this is not a cute soliloquy where he's just trying to throw some cute words out. He's unpacking who God is. He's describing the nature of God. He's trying to tell you that everything that God does for you and for me comes from who he actually is. He's kind and patient. He's not envious or arrogant. He's never had one day of irritability. Not one. Can you imagine? I can't. He's incapable of resentment. He is the truth. And hear this. On your worst day, and I'll just give you 10 seconds to think about your worst day. On your worst day, he endures all things because his love never ends. Period. On the darkest day, he's pressing right through it because he's not done with you. Because he's definitively telling you, you're my son and daughter and I'll never let go. So come, get and receive my love. Get it in you deep and then give it away. Get it in deep and give it away. The gifted God of the universe who gives his goodness away, he gives to people because he loves them because that's who he is and that's what we're called to be about and do. And so he finishes by just saying, listen, these gifts are all gonna pass away the things that God wants to give and grant to you, all the ways that he's gifted you, all of it's going away. You aren't taking any of that with you. And they're all passing away because not one of them are an end in themselves. Not one. They can't be, right? Because your talent, your abilities, the things that you can produce, the things that you're creating right now, some of you are so incredibly creative. Listen, if your life becomes about the gifts and the things that you have, then those things become idols and they'll chew you up and spit you out. They can't be. Gifts and talents and abilities make bad gods too. And so what you can produce will pass away, right? What you can create, what you can do, what you can accomplish, it will pass away. It's going away, just like every boy band ever. There go away, right? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I just, when I was studying, it felt like it was the Holy Spirit that said that, but maybe not. It's just if you think something's permanent, just, just think about in sync. I don't know. I'm just. They don't exist anymore. So that's the question. Sorry, God. I'm going to try to finish this out. So here's the question. If you were just to ask the question, what is the pursuit of your life? 
What is the pursuit of your life? Is it about what you can do and produce? Is it about the capacities and abilities and talents? Is it about what you can say that you've accomplished with all the cool things and the ways that you've been gifted? Or is it to say the pursuit of my life is to be radically loved by God first and from that place of having our capacity expanded to be able to give it away in our jobs and in our homes and in every other place that we have? How do we love people? How do we bring the goodness and the radical love of God to the world around us? So the question is, what are you pursuing? Is it the love of God or the gifts of God? I'm so thankful. I just want to say, and we'll unpack a little bit again next week. We'll unpack a little more. I'm so deeply grateful for the gifts of God. They're so, they're so beautiful and powerful that they're just not the end. And that's where we're headed is to be a people that say, God, would you change and transform us? Would you make us more like you? Would you help us to see the world the way in which you see it? Would you help us use these gifts and talents and abilities to change the world? I'm gonna ask our team to come up. I'm just gonna close out here. pray for a minute. Father, we just want to come with you, beside you, before you. And we just get to do a little bit of business with you right now. Because we just get a chance, Lord, and I feel so grateful for this chance just to take stock of this moment in our lives, about where we're at and about the things that we care about. Get a chance to take stock and think about what our true passions are, where we're putting the aim of our heart. So just where you're at, I'm gonna give you just a couple moments. Would you just ask the Lord, Lord, would you, would you reveal to me the pursuit of my life? What is the most important thing to me? What do I find my mind spinning around on? Is it what I can do, what I can accomplish? Or am I just first undone by the weight of your goodness? Just to be able to find my treasure in the way that you think about me. I know some of you just need to hear from the Lord what he thinks about you right now. We're just gonna take a moment to do that. And I'm just gonna ask you to be really gutsy and brave. 
And if you'll just open your heart and your ears to the Lord and just ask him this question. God, would you just tell me what you think about me? I don't want to go another day spinning my wheels without asking you this question. Tell me what you say about me right now. Father in heaven, speak it. the love of God now fresh if you've ever wondered if God loves you you can go literally just look to the cross he's declared beyond a shadow of a doubt the way that he thinks and feels about you and he's calling you and his family to trust him and to listen to him and walk with him so just receive fresh the love of God and then would you just ask this question Father, would you show me how I can use the ways that you've gifted me to love the world around me? Just show me. Right now, reveal. I may never stand on a platform, but I just want to love people well, right where I'm at. Show me how can I love well my family and friends and coworkers, just wherever you're at. Just ask him. I'll just give you a minute. Just ask him. pray you'd enlarge our vision and capacity to love people well, to be a church family that loves well, that you'd help us love this city. First, starting in our homes, would you help us love our spouses better? God, pray right now. God, help me love my spouse better. Help me love my children. Help me to love my roommate my coworkers, my employers, my employees. Let me reflect your goodness and love and kindness to them. Every place we go, every conversation we have, the charged, difficult conversations and the fun and easy ones, Lord, let us love well. Do you guys stand with me? I'm gonna just take a moment to receive the love of God. If we can't receive the love of God, we can't give it away, so we gotta have it first.
So this is our chance just to open up our hands to receive the love of God. Father, I ask right now that you give us in these last couple of moments, grace to love well, to receive your love, to trust you, to listen to your voice, to listen to your words. In Jesus' name, let's worship.